Get me help. She's mine. Always. No! Always. Always. Father, please bring her back. Father, can you hear me? My name is Adam. I'm Melissa. And this is Below Freezing, a podcast in which we talk about films that have a Rotten Tomato score of 32% or less. And it's been a while. It has. Did you like me chiming in right there? I did. I did. I know you backed out because last time you tried to chime in, you didn't get it right at the end. So baby steps. I'm getting in there. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, so uh so we're back. It's October and 10th. sure, that is the specific date. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I just meant more that it's Halloween season, Ooh. and we're gonna we're gonna be watching. Um, uh, well, I think the theme of this podcast mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks is gonna be we're gonna watch good movies, and then we're gonna watch shitty movies, yep. and 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 you're gonna get the shitty films. So a few nights ago, we watched The Exorcist, uh, one of the. Uh, First and only films to be nominated for Best Picture. That was a horror film. Um, much acclaim, much success. And then it made... Uh, well, then there was The Exorcist 2, subtitle The Heretic, which came out four years later. And, four? Uh, four years later, yes. Wait, how old was Linda Blair in the first one? Uh, so she would have been about 14 in the first one. 13, 14. Because she okay. was 18 in this one. Whoa. I thought she was like... No, six I, I, in the first and I, maybe like 23 in this one <laughs> that's why i was asking at the beginning like how no. much time when you were so, like do you really want so she, she was born in 59 so she like i said that was about 13 14 when they filmed the wow. know, and then, or then and then about 17 18 when they, they made this one okay i guess okay i guess she really wasn't like six then but i thought she was little like maybe like nine or ten and in her uh, 20s in this one no no no, not in her 20s like i said 17 18 wow in this one. okay yeah, yeah. And theoretically, in the in the realm of the movies, two years has passed. They make they make reference to that in the oh didn't the story. again. My ears were not listening That's because fine. I one this, of my questions was like, well, "How?" We'll, we'll get into it. Um. So I guess I don't. Did I, did I pick this movie? I guess I did because we yes. watched The Exorcist, so I picked it. I'm very sorry. I'm gonna apologize up front. Yeah, this was to you, my wife, and anybody who watches it. This movie is <laughs> wow. Um. So uh, I picked it. My fault. Uh, in terms of what we drank to get through this, um, there's a uh, Snoqualmie. It's a uh, local winery. They have something that's called their Whistle Stop Red Blend. It's a staple, I would say, in the St. Yeah. John house. We get this like fairly it. regularly. It was good. Yeah, just nice. Uh, something something solid in our lives uh, during this film because this film, not good. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about who made it and who's in it. So um, 
the original director of The Exorcist. His name was uh, William Friedkin. He did a bunch of good things. He made The French Connection. He did this. He did Sorcerer, which was a remake of Wages of Fear, which was a movie that we watched okay, together that yeah. you liked. He had a good career. John Borman directed this movie. Now, his career isn't bad. He, dire- he directed um, Deliverance, which I don't think you've seen, but it's... Um, I- it's John Voight, Burt Reynolds takes place out like in the sticks. Oh, the okay, guys yeah. get like kind of country bumpkins, kind of try them in the woods. Um, he also made uh, Excalibur. He made Hope and Glory. He also made a movie that we've been kind of like edging around watching, which is a how did this, how did this get made movie called Zardoz, which we did watch the trailer for that okay, one time. Yep. So he made movies, you know, good and bad. Uh, this is clearly one of the bad ones. Um, is written by William Goodhart. They could not get William Peter Blatty, who wrote the novel and also adapted it into the screenplay, um, to to come on to write it. Um, I got a funny story about him coming up. Okay. Uh, but so so not the same director, not the same screenwriter. There's so much to talk about in terms of the casting, but I'm gonna talk about who's in it. So Linda Blair uh, repeats her role as Reagan. Um, there are two other people from the first movie who are in this one. Max von Sydow repeats his role as Father Marin, uh, barely, and uh, God bless him because he probably took that payday. It's like, I'm going to do your flashbacks and I'm fucking out. Yeah. Uh, so God bless him for being in this movie because, whew. All right. And then uh, uh, Kitty Wynn uh, rep- uh, reprises her role as Sharon. She is sort of, in the first movie, she is... Um, uh, Chris McNeil's the mom's like assistant I feel like and then in this one she's sort of like Regan's chaperone yeah for lack of a better word um so nanny new- at 18 yeah which is whatever um and then uh a- additional people in the film so Richard Burton uh who plays Father Lamont isn't it uh Louise Fletcher a few years after her Oscar win for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest um is plays Dr. Gene Tuscan. Uh, other people uh, that we have is Paul Heinrich, who plays the Cardinal, which is only funny because at the beginning you're like, oh, Paul Heinrich, I know him. And you were like, do you? And you're like, no, not really. <laughs> I don't at all. Um, and then the only, there's two other people. Ned Beatty plays Edwards. Now, now, if you're wondering who the fuck is Edwards, don't worry because it's not, it, he's the guy who's flying the plane oh, at one point. Okay. But, I, but Ned Beatty is an actor. Like, like he's been in a bunch of shit. He was in Deliverance. He was in Network. He's, he is the voice of Lotso, Love and Bear in <gasps> Toy Story 3. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, like, Ned, Ned Beatty is a. Did they even get, say his name in this movie? Probably not. Okay. But he, but I he think. He had a little quick little role. Yeah, I think he, he knew John Borman from Deliverance. So I, this feels like a favor. Mm-hmm. In a way. Um, and then James Earl Jones. Yes, which plays, I saw his name right away. Yeah, Kakumo in this. That was him? Yeah. Really? Not Didn't the young not the young version, but the... The with, like one in the office? Yeah, was it? that's James Earl Jones. Didn't even sound like him. Yeah, it did. This, wow. I didn't think it sounded like him. At the end of the movie, I wrote, where was he? He, he was all in that movie. Wow. Um, I don't. It know. didn't sound like him though. It was absolutely him. Wow. So I don't. I don't Simba. I don't, it's like a deep. Oh that's my, how I know it, him. It as. is deep. His voice is deep in the movie. It wasn't. Well, okay. Oh my god. Um, I don't normally mention other like, you know, editors or cinematographers, but I have to mention that this film was scored by the great Ennio Morricone, who did the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, who did the Untouchables, who worked with Tarantino on um 
on The Hateful Eight. This guy is like one of the maestros of all time, and I can't believe he got suckered into somehow doing the music for this movie. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about accolades. So this movie, the Rassies weren't around at the time of this, so that, that doesn't exist. The IMDb does have a bottom 250 as opposed to their top 250. Oh this ranks number 98. Okay. So it does it is considered. What's the number one? Sorry. No idea. No idea. And I'm not going to look it up right now. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to keep this conversation in the podcast, too. Um, these are just like these questions just pop in my head they, while we're doing the podcast. I, I so know. That's why. I know. And, and because now that we're talking about it so long, I'm just going to fucking do it. <laughs> and I'm going to keep talking as I do it so that, you know, it, it, it's filling the time. OK, the number one worst oh, movie great. they have is disaster movie. Oh, like a, that's the spoof one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they oh, okay. that's, that's ranked the bottom right. of the of the bunch. Well, thank you um, for looking into that. Yeah, no problem. Um, uh, but there's a the there's a book called the Golden Turkey Awards. And this film was voted the second worst movie of all time and that it, it, it lost the number one movie to sort of an all time uh, like bad movie, which is called Plan 9 from Outer Space. Which I've never seen, but it is one of like from the fifties. It's sort of like the okay. the like B movie to end all B movies. Okay. Um, in terms of the budget, it had a fourteen million dollar budget, and again, there's so much to talk about. I'll get into why that shouldn't have been the number, uh, but it was about fourteen million dollar budget. Opening weekend, it made about six million. Its U.S. gross was thirty. Um, oh, so it okay. did it did actually make some money, but not as much as they were hoping. Okay. Um. So yeah, so I, so the only reason I wanted to mention, I mean, it, yes, it did double its budget. It made it made thirty million dollars, but when the first movie had about an eleven million dollar budget and ended up making about four hundred and forty million dollars, oh um, it, it's a flop in in that way. Wow. Uh, so so um, not quite uh, the movie they thought they had on their hands there. Um, in terms of uh, reviews, um, I. Uh, I got the uh, so Vincent Canby from the New York Times wrote a review. Um, you know, not didn't have a lot of great things to say from it. I'll just read from the beginning. He said Linda Blair may be the least fleet-footed actress Hollywood has produced since the the incomparable Joan Crawford attempted to keep up with Fred Astaire in Dancing Lady. Seen tap dancing as she is on two occasions in Exorcist to the Heretic. The chubby need Miss Blair <gasps> appears to be stomping on live cigar stubs. The rest of the movie is even heavier and more lugubrious. Now, I, I, Vincent Canby obviously took a pot shot there at Linda Blair for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Oh my god! Now, I wh here's what sucks is like he had he had for some reason to call her chubby when he could have just took the tap dancing comparison and being like it wasn't that good, which I don't know. Let's just say let's just say it's bad. And use that as a metaphor for how bad the rest of the movie was, but like, come on, man, what are we, what are we doing here? Are you, are we reviewing movies or making fun of people? Okay, like, I have danced, and yes, you have, for years. Yep. And let me tell you, I have always had chubby knees, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I didn't realize chubby knees was a thing. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> she, I didn't think she had chubby knees at all. I actually thought she had. I'm not trying to make you this about like the woman no, woman's Bobby, but I thought she was very attractive. You mentioned at least twice during the movie you thought she looks yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. No, I, um, I did laugh, however, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, I no. did laugh <laughs> at the tap dancing scenes only because 
it was like amateur hour tap dancing. Like well, that, like I've tapped before. And that is like what they teach you when you're like six or seven years old tap dancing. There wasn't a lot. And these were, here's what I'm going to say. In the movie, I thought these were like 20 year olds doing it. Okay. So, so a couple of things. One, you know, it's the kids who are at that medical place, right? So they're not like the kids doing the tap dancing aren't like, so I, okay. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Because I didn't know why it was happening. Yes. Yes. Where that was happening. So, so I, 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 I'm, we're kind of all over the place, but part of the movie takes place in, it's like a psychiatrist office slash rehab slash getting the deaf to speak slash autistic who knows it's center. it's, it's yes. a weird medical center we'll just call it that um and apparently they're doing like a talent show i guess um which involves one scene early on of watching regan like tapping on her own and then the the show i guess one thing i will say about this movie is that it's just under two hours but this movie is a fucking slog you feel every minute oh yeah I, I unfortunately hit the button on the TV to see how much time was left. And it got like, worse every time you hit it. I, I like could, only seconds went it, by. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so anyways, so yes, there's tap dancing. But like the, like the whole tapping thing doesn't need to be in there. Like, just get rid of it. This right. is so stupid. But okay, so sorry. Let's go back to his. Were his you review. done giving doing his review? Yeah, yeah. He, the whole review is just that, more of that. Yeah, I think that that was like, why did he take a shot like that? Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous, but. There's so many other things to make fun of this movie about, which he, I mean, he does. He does not like the, the movie at all. Um, so now we come to the point of the show where Melissa tries to guess the Rotten Tomato, both critical and audience score. Let me read you the blurb. Okay. It says, hokey mystical effects, lousy plotting, and worse acting directly tarnishes the first's chilling legacy. Yes. What do you, what do I can't even speak. What would you like first? Uh, the critical, of course. Seven okay. percent. Okay, and the audience. Ten. Okay, not bad. Pretty. I mean, in the realm. Um, you said seven for critical. It yes. got fifteen. Okay. Um, and you said ten for audience. Yeah. Thirteen. Critical gave it more. Slightly. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But let's. Yeah, I thought like the fans of like Linda Blair. I thought she was a bigger actress. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the way, her her IMDb pretty much after this is not good movies, a lot of television appearances. I mean, she's she's oh. not in stuff. I mean, well. she's she's still she's still a working actress, but it's like she's not doing yeah. anything of, of of note really. Okay, um, well, but let's I... let's be clear though too. We could have done this based on either score. So, <laughs> like everybody basically hates this movie. Um, so I I want to quickly just talk about the plot and then okay. give some some background because We'll be honest, the movie itself, it's towards the end, there's some crazy shit that happens that's kind of worth worth oh, noting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's this is just a drain of a movie. So so basically the movie we we stick with Reagan, who uh doesn't remember the events of what happened in the first film, the being possessed and and all of that. So um her her mom, who was not in the movie, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, so she's 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 under the care of of Sharon, her chaperone, and this doctor, uh, Doctor Turkin or something. I'll look it up again in a second. And and so she's going to therapy, yada yada yada. But then we have Father Lamont, who knows who Father Marin is, and has tried to do an exorcism before. One of the first things we see is him fail 
at an exorcism and a woman lights herself on fire. So he's living with the guilt of that. The, this cardinal guy says you need to investigate what happened to Father Marin, which seems really weird that two four, years has passed. Oh, I was about four to say years, four years but, later. But, Is but it like, four or two? It, four years actually in terms oh, yes. of the filming. But oh, the, the movie, but it's two, two years. That's and, right. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, why haven't why you done so this sooner? Long? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, so he goes, basically tries to talk to Reagan and this doctor, and there's this weird synchronizer machine where they, they get put under joint hypnosis and can meet in this, like, I guess, dream world. And they also, this machine, they can go under, and while they're under hypnosis, can pull the other under hypnosis Somehow. and then snap themselves out of it i was very i was fascinated by that yeah um but by doing this we realized that the the demon uh bazuzu is is Zuzu. out bazuzu ba. stop you're doing don't do this <laughs> don't do this bazuzu okay. not zazu we're not lying just Zoolander? because just because James Earl Jones is in this movie. Do not start conflicting Zazu. Lion King characters. It's Bazuzu. Um, is still out and can be and can can take hold of other people if necessary. So my God. So Father Lamont goes to Africa and tries to find this Kumu who was saved by Father Marin way back in the day. Uh, he sees him, but then he's not really who he thinks he is. He's actually a doctor, like studying locusts for some reason. Which the locust thing is really rampant in this movie. Um, and Reagan has special power. She helps somebody learn to talk who couldn't talk before. Ultimately, what happens in the movie is they end up back in Washington, which is where the first house was. And somehow, either an actual demon or like a vision of one is back in Reagan's room. And uh, Father Lamont, while kind of possessed maybe himself, tries to kill the good Reagan. But he doesn't, and ultimately he destroys the bad Reagan. The spirit is gone, and 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 Father Lamont and and Reagan leave while the doctor is left, kind of just looking at the destruction. And we have got to talk about the actual ending too. Oh my too, god! Yes, that's yeah. So sorry, that's all over the place, but this movie is crazy. So the some of the background on this movie, and I please chime in with comments okay. whenever you whenever you have them because this is really interesting. So. Um, the original cast and crew of of the of the first one were very much opposed to the sequel. Uh, William Freakin and Will, William Freakin and William Peter Blatty um, discussed together like making a second one, but they couldn't find a premise that they both agreed upon, so they they weren't like they weren't into it. Um, Linda Blair and Ellen Burstein both turned down being in the film. Okay. Now, Linda Blair uh, eventually took it because um, they gave her enough money, and, and eventually there was a script that she, she said she liked. But apparently, rewrites were happening all the time. But that by the time they got to actually making it, she wasn't happy with the script, but she was contractually obligated to okay. finish the movie. Um, uh, because of what she had to go through makeup wise on the first one, she refused to do any makeup for this one. So, any is that why it looked. It was a completely different. It was a completely different completely person. Completely different person. Yeah, she refused to do the makeup for wow. the second one. Which, but but I mean, from everything else that I've that I've read, um, not not surprised and and good for you at least to get that out of it. Yeah. Um, Max von Sydow was not. He was reluctant to come back to do it, but he did it when he realized that it was basically just a, a, a smaller role. Um, so here's what's interesting: Louis, Louise Fletcher, who is playing the doctor okay. in the movie 
was actually cast to replace Ellen Burstein as the mom because they kind of look similar. They do. At first I thought it was the mom sitting down yeah. doing the... But then for whatever reason, the guy, the, the role of the doctor was actually supposed to be a male. And that was actually written for uh, Chris Sarandon, who um, you might know from uh, The Princess... Princess Bride. Okay. He's um he's uh the dick prince. Yes. Um, but he backed out sort of last minute. And so they decided to uh take Louise Fletcher from the mom role and make her the doctor, um, and just sort of write out the idea of the mom since they couldn't get Alan Burstein Okay uh to come back to do it. Um so that in terms of casting, like there and there's a lot of other people up for consideration and they were just like, eh, no, not doing this. So the budget for this movie was about twelve million dollars, but when I when I said it at the beginning, it was fourteen. Here's why: um, Borman could not shoot anywhere that he wanted to. He couldn't shoot in Ethiopia, which he wanted to. He couldn't shoot in the Vatican, which he wanted to, and he couldn't. They could not get the, um, uh, you know, the steps. Very famous steps from the first movie. Yeah, that house. That was not the house. Those were not the steps. They had to build replica uh, replicant sets of those uh, on the Warner Brothers lot, which of course increased the budget a lot. Which goes into and why couldn't they shoot? Do we know why they couldn't shoot? I have them? no idea. The okay. owners of the house just didn't want them to shoot there again. I oh, think. Awesome. Um, so uh, now, in terms of uh, stuff that went wrong, um, oh, Borman himself. Uh, caught something that I've never heard of before. It's called the San Joaquin Valley Fever, which is a respiratory fungal infection, which caused the film to be delayed for over a month. Oh my God. Other things that happened uh, were um, the locusts kept dying <gasps> that they wanted to use for the thing. Uh, apparently 2,500 locusts were shipped in and died at a rate of about 100 a day. Um, so, you know, obviously there's the shots of them up close, but anytime you see them coming in from like the side where you yeah. can't really see them, that's actually packing peanuts painted black, um, because they couldn't get them to fly in the way they wanted to. So like when they're close up in the cages and stuff, yeah. those are locusts. Otherwise not locusts. Well, it kind of showed a now, little bit. I feel now like. here's the other thing. There are two things. So this was filmed, um, basically without any safety nets. And I mean that quite literally there are moments where the house is destroyed at the end uh linda blair and some of the sun doubles almost actually fell like into the broken house but even more scary a couple of times you kind of gasped when um uh when linda blair was up on the roof of that building yeah. towards the edge yeah there was no safety anything there that was literally linda blair at the edge of a building in new york city okay i where's my note <laughs> Because I wrote a note about that. And where? I was like, where in New York would you be that high up in an apartment, like sky sky top or what is it called? Like sky rise mm -hmm. yeah. apartment where you're literally outside on a rooftop patio. And it had sections that had a railing. And then there were sections that there were no railing. Yeah. That's, I was like, there's no way there's anywhere like that there. Oh uh, my I, God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That looked scary as shit. It I wouldn't, did. I would, if I saw that, I wouldn't walk out on that. Well, and I was curious cause I obviously I did the research before we watched the movie. And so I, I was kind of waiting to see what it was. And when I saw it, I was like, 
Jesus Christ, that's really she fucking high. She stood right on that edge. Yeah, yeah, she did. Like, well, she's an for idiot this, for this shitty, shitty film. Yeah, she's yeah. an idiot. You know, there's this. I they I something I've heard a lot in theater, which I, I hope would is would would transfer over to film, which is that an actor should never do something that the the director themselves wouldn't do. So I really fucking hope that John Borman like was like, oh yeah, you just do this like. It doesn't it doesn't condone it, but like part of me is like, you better have fucking stood over there. Cause oh like God. if you ever ask an actor to do something that you are that you yourself are uncomfortable with, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> that just no, that was so dangerous. And she's so small too, so it's like a breeze could have just blown her off that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Wow. Um, so the only other couple of things I wanted to say uh, about the film were um so, uh, again, I mentioned William Friedkin, the original director, and William Peter Blatty, the original writer, had nothing to do with this. Um, William Peter Blatty claimed that he was the first person to have laughed at the screening when he saw it, um, uh, when he saw the premiere of it. Apparently, there's a story of, of people at the, at the or an early screening chasing Warner Brothers executives down the street, oh demanding God. their money back. Um, I'm going to read this verbatim because I really, really like this. So William Friedkin, like years later, um, was recalling the story. This is what he said. He said, I was at Technicolor and a guy there said, we just finished a print of The Exorcist 2. Do you want to have a look at it? And I looked at a half hour of it and I thought it was, I and I thought it was as bad as seeing a traffic accident in the street. It was horrible. It's just a stupid mess made by a dumb guy. John Borman by name. Somebody who should be nameless, but in this case should be named. Scurrilous. A horrible picture. He also later, later on, he, he said that it was the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. A freaking disgrace. And then later he said the film was made by a demented mind. Um, and then two other things, really, because I didn't, just in terms of this, I did not realize that Linda Blair had such a... Um, uh, uh, kind of a drug and alcohol substance abuse oh. problem during the filming of this that oh. apparently when she got there 20 minutes late that was a good day for her and Richard Burton who was going through his divorce with Elizabeth Taylor at the time very much was open about the fact that he needed the money and that he did this for the paycheck wow sorry and, and by the Wait, way what one was Richard he was the father of Lamont so Richard okay. Burton, so Dick and Liz sort of kind of famously oh, married for a while. Yes. Uh, and the, they were going through the divorce while this was happening. Or like, it had been gotcha. announced. So he took this basically like, well, I'm going to have to pay. So Damn. <laughs> there you go. And by the way, so I know I've been, I've been rambling, but there was so much more. There was so much more shit like this. And I was like, you know what? I tried to pick what I thought was the best, but there's a lot. I, I mean, this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I, Okay. I do want to talk about one scene. Yeah, let's do it. Where uh, this movie really was all over the place. So we, you know, Regan goes to her therapist or yeah. whatever that yeah. doctor, mm-hmm. and she's that's when the doctor first pulls out the um, the synchronizer. Thank you. And she's like, "I'm hoping we can try this." And she was like, "No, I don't think you're ready for it," or whatever. Like, as she walks out, that's when she sees a priest. And all of a sudden that changes her mind. Like she's ready for it. Cause then she immediately like comes back in. She's like, let's do it. Which there was no explain. There was never an explanation for that. Yeah. And then cut to we're actually they're They're doing that. The synchronizer for the first time. Mm-hmm. Probably a seven or a 10 minute scene. Yeah. It's pretty long. It. Mm-hmm. And we are literally watching two people <laughs> sit with things on their head, closing their eyes, going down, 
talking and then coming back up and they look scared. And then the doctor's heart is like racing and palpitations are happening. Mm -hmm. And like my note was, this is so boring watching them go down and see these things in their head and we don't get glimpses or we don't get to see it. And then like right at the end, it comes up and you see it. And and that was the first, the first time you saw something somewhat scary or weird. Yeah. Possibly the only actual scary moment in the movie. It was like, yeah, like a little disturbing. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, okay. And then you never saw something like that again. Nope. And then when you see that demon, it's like in person and it's, it just was w- weird. Yeah. It really was like, what What did this movie want to be? It was all over the place. Well, but- and, and so it's, it's funny you mentioned that because John Borman wanted to make something more psychological. He wanted to make this more like, you know, how much is this in our mind? Like how much of this is that is real, right? And, but what he, what he got rid of was that the demon he got rid of the possession he got rid of what made them the first one so unique and terrifying yeah. was to see this person possessed and i mean he later on and went on to admit that yeah i that it's on me yeah that he he just made a different movie he thought he thought he had an interesting idea but it's you know not really Poorly what people executed. wanted yeah yeah i don't know yeah I and, just... well, i'm so glad you mentioned that scene though because even when even when the possessed Regan and um, Father Marin pop up and they're kind of, the, you know, their stuff is sort of superimposed over the uh, over Louise Fletcher. Yeah. yeah, the it, it felt like poor play reenactment. Yep, like it was just like and like Max von Sydow, who by is so good like as an actor. Like his career, he he died recently, but his career is so long and so historic that like this is such a weird blemish. Like I wonder if he just felt beholden to the story, to the character, maybe to come back and do it. But that reenactment is so bad. It's so bad. And, and, and like, th- th- that's part of what I want to talk about too, is this cast, like Richard Burton is a Oscar nominated actor. Max von Sydow, Oscar nominated, Ned Beatty, Oscar nominated, Louise Fletcher, Oscar winning. Like the people in this movie and John Borman really even too is an Oscar nominated director. That's just sad. But the the overall, yeah, exactly. It's just, I I don't know what they thought was, was so interesting. Um, So I'm going to go on record and say that uh, my least favorite part of this movie was anytime it was a close up of the locust, whether it was, whether it was when the locust was flying because it just looked kind of bad. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. like the the locust was clearly like tied to a string and like it was in front of a green screen. It's just like that, that rear projection thing. But oh my God, we were watching locusts devour each other. Oh, for a while. I I wrote quite a few notes on, um, I need to know more about locusts because (laughs) I didn't know they were cannibals. I didn't know they ate each other. That was actually gross like seeing them actually like you pointed it out there was one locust that had its face half it was still alive and half its face was eaten off by another one you know yeah um yeah that was just disturbing like i know they kill your plants so i just because just because we're talking about it so locusts are a collection of certain species of short horned grasshoppers 
um, they are they are they um, they're in the family that have the swarming phase. These insects are usually solitary, but under certain circumstances, become more abundant and change their behavior and habits, becoming gregarious. Um, uh, there's been no distinction made between locusts and grasshoppers. Um, the basis is usually uh, the swarms of them is usually different. I don't see anything here about cannibalism. Obviously, there's ties to the Bible and the pla- and you know all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Ugh. I, it was gross. It it really was. Now, it was okay, disgusting. go back. You said they change their behaviors. They can, yes. Do you know what that reminds me of? Another movie we watched today with the kids. Oh, Gremlins. The Gremlins. Yeah. They change their behavior. And boy, do they change their behavior. But you know the thing about Gremlins? Like, I like a movie that sometimes I, I want the rules spelled out for me. Like, wh- remember, what, what are, are the three rules? What are the three rules about Gremlins? You don't feed them past midnight. Yep. You don't put them in water or yep. give them water. Mm-hmm. And don't put them in light. Boom. Great. There How you go. many times during the movie did I ask you what the rules were? At least three times. But hey, baby, I got it. Now here's the thing: the first time I know you didn't hear the intro. I, I think didn't. I think you were doing other things. But then at one point I did tell you them, and then you didn't hear me, which has been a. I think I... the quarantine vibe has been my wife doesn't hear the words that I say. <laughs> it's sad. It's so sad. Like I'll look at you and I'm telling you i'm giving you my full attention and then i'm like wait i look you in the eyes you tell me something and i'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wait what wait can you say it again because i realize i really didn't listen no it's it's not it's, even that immediate it's later it's like wait what was that i was like i told you yeah whatever we're whatever. not talking about that um yeah that's just uh, how i feel about this, that movie um, oh okay oh sorry sorry no, I was going to say one of the scariest parts um, to me yes. was when Regan is, you know, she was just sedated basically and she's laying in the bed and she yes. wakes up and she pulls the IV out of her arm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that like, was it? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm like actually no, no, serious. I, I'm not, I, that is so scary. The few times I've been in the hospital, mostly giving birth to our kids, and they have to put the IV like in my hand <laughs> right here babe you're not looking oh at me. thank you yeah i stay like this my hands are like stick straight i won't move them i i wish the audience can see me right now the listeners <laughs> yeah you're doing a really cool thing with your hands they, yeah i won't move them though oh she pulled that out so quick that just made me i think i would rather look at the locusts eat each other than that like that it, mm, mm. yeah so I, I have a I have a question for you, and I because I just want your opinion on this. That was a scary moment for me. <laughs> I got it. I got it. It's been acknowledged for the record. Okay. Check. It's been it's been recorded. There's a moment in the movie where Regan is is like leaving an appointment, and she's in like some kind of waiting room, and there's this there's this girl there who apparently doesn't talk. You know, she kind of stutters through. She says she's autistic and I don't speak. But then clearly she is. And her mom comes in and says, oh, my God, you're speaking. You're speaking. I got to go. Her dad has to hear this. And then they leave. And they kind of treat Reagan like a big piece of shit for doing it. And and this goes into sort of, I guess, maybe the part of what's happening in the movie is that Reagan has these special powers. And um, this uh, Kakumo, 
when he was younger did too. Remember, he had the whole thing about trying to drive the locusts away. And apparently the 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 woman at the beginning who sets herself on fire also had some kind of special yeah. thing. So so clearly this Bazuzu is going after people with gifts who can help, who have some kind of a special gift or, or power. So cool. I get that. Fine. That's great. But I, I, it's, it was so weird to see like Louise Fletcher and the other people in the office get like, you shouldn't do that. Okay, so I didn't know she had special special powers at that point. I, I didn't at that point. I didn't either. So the way they were treating her, I felt like they were like, um, like it wasn't like she's been possessed by the devil or, or some, something. Yeah. Something. It was more like, what are you doing to these? That's how I took it because at that point I was like, oh, you still have something evil connected to you. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. I did think it was like very interesting. She was always wearing white. Yes. Even when we thought she was like, even before they told us that she's got good inside her and she's trying to, you know, it was just, um, it was just weird because I, again, I don't know what they were trying to get at. You didn't ever hint that she was good at all. Well, and, Yeah. And she always did these like things like, like with her eyes or looks that she did where, yeah, you all, like we, we all saw the first exorcist. We all know what happened to her. So yeah. it's kind of hard to like, after that, all of a sudden go like, oh, I trust her. She's got to be good when we're watching the exorcist too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just thought that was a really weird choice right away to put her in like solid white pretty much throughout the entire thing. I think the well, it's so funny because I, I there's a lot of things that obviously this this movie didn't go well. It was panned and it didn't make back didn't make what they wanted it to. But here's another here's something else too is that so this movie is called Exorcist Two: Colon The Heretic. That's sort of the subtitle of it. But like if you if you were to download this movie or, or you know find the poster, it's it's Linda Blair's face, boom, right on it. And I think if if you're to see that poster, you're to think that she's the heretic. And I just wanted to be, heretic basically is anybody who disagrees with the church, who who is doing something actively against like the way that the church believes it should be. But, so shouldn't that be z- z- uh, Zazu? Or, no, uh, Bazuzu is a, is a demon. Baz- yes, doctor is what I meant to say. The doctor. Kakumo? No, the female. No, see, she's it's like so, science, not religion. No, see, is what it, she would say. Our dog has come to join us. He left at the beginning of the movie. He's scared of scary movies. No, I think the heretic is Father Lamont. Like, because he's like the cardinal says you're not doing what you're doing. He goes and he investigates. He ends up getting possessed. I think I think he loses. I mean, he's a he's a father. He's a priest, and I think he I think he gets sidetracked a lot by what's going on. That's that anyway. That's that's my take on it. But it it seems weird because I don't think that the heretic is necessarily. Regan. Her, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't get the subtitle. I don't get why they had. I mean, just do it. The Exorcist too. Why give it some weird? I don't know. Thing. And I, no, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I have a favorite line of the movie. Oh, great. And then it will lead into like just maybe my maybe the savior. Oh sure. Although I don't know because I actually like an I, earlier note. I didn't like her. My favorite line in the movie was whispered. But it was by Shannon. I'm so Sharon. Sharon. I'm so happy. <laughs> this is your favorite line. And God, what was leading into it? Okay, so so um Regan called 
uh, from from Penn, from That's Penn right. Station. And she's like, I'm leaving. We're going back to Washington because they're going to go back to the, the house from yeah. the original. And Louise Fletcher gets off the phone. Hangs up the phone and she's like, they're going, they're, they're at Penn Station. And then the camera turns over to Sh- Sharon. And Shannon. She goes, oh, Sharon. No, you're freaking <laughs> me out. I was like, wait a second. Sharon. And she goes, stupid bitch. And her bro- <laughs> What? <laughs> what? I, I am still shocked. Like, I thought... I don't even know what I'm thinking, but like, no, you shouldn't be calling her a stupid bitch. That's just so random. This character makes no sense. It now makes sense, though. I bet this actress was like pissed that Linda Blair was constantly showing up late, probably. (laughs) And just like slip that in there just because she was like. But the character, (laughs) it's like she mentions that like two years, like she she after the event that happened, like. I couldn't go back for two years, right? Couldn't couldn't do it, right? And then, but and we, then we get the stupid bitch comment, which is weird. But then she still goes after her. But then her, the second they get to that house, yes, her demeanor changed. I thought she was possessed. I thought she I was thought she too. Was Azu Zuru? Bazuzu. Bazuzu. I oh hate my this. god, you suck doing this on purpose. No, I wasn't well. that time. And then she Bazuzu. Shut up. You say, did you say Gazuzu? I said, said Bazuzu. Okay, just check it. Bazuzu. Thank you. I thought that's who she was like possessed I did too. by. I thought somehow she was the one the whole time. Oh, and so, but the look she was giving, and then she set herself on fire, which I know this doesn't make sense to anyone listening, but you have to watch. Just watch the last 20 minutes yes, of the movie. Yes, watch the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and, then, and then Sharon burns up. Yes. <laughs> she burns up in flames. Yeah. And the doctor, what's her name? I'm so bad with I, names. No, no, no. I it's I am too. And I cause it's either Turgan or Turkin, but I don't Turkin? Tuscan. Tuscan. <laughs> Tuscan. Okay. So Dr. Tuscan yes. somehow grabs her out of the flames, which these were big flames. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the camera turns and she's crying, holding Sharon. And there was a note, and I, my note, my last note was, is she holding Sharon? Because I didn't know what she was holding. At moments, it looked like a, this is gross, but it looked like a burnt up baby because it was really small. And then at one point, she's across the street holding her, sitting on a porch uh-huh. or a stoop. And Sharon's face is facing out, and you can tell that was not... Sharon. It looked like a. It, it was looked a man. Like a man. It yeah. was a man <laughs> whose face was all made up. And then I made a comment to you, going, "Are they just gonna leave this crispy body on someone's front stoop?" And what did they? They she do. Just laid it down. They yeah. walked away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What a what a terrible <laughs> thing to walk out of your house and find a and, burnt corpse. Okay, so when the camera zoomed out, the houses on either side were lit like those people were home <laughs> you could tell the people of the house that has the crispy body on the stoop they're out having dinner probably as a family when they come home that's what they're going to stumble upon it was just the last 20 minutes of this movie are nuts there's it looks like the extras are, are literally trying to ram Linda Blair she's walking down the steps there's a moment where Richard Burton like 
we gotta get this girl home when they're on the bus like richard burton is like his possessed richard burton is weird there's a car accident that stops them from driving and like the the guy the extra the guy playing that part is is really going for it the plane looks like it's got piss on the walls oh god the guy (laughs) the things we were noticing Yes, you guys have to just watch the last twenty. Oh my god, the last twenty, 20 to twenty-five minutes, or like of this thirty movie. to be on the same. Oh side. my god. Um. Okay, so I did Stupid point out bitch. early. <laughs> I did point out early on. Linda Blair had the biggest um, bruise on the back of her arm that you could tell they co- like covered or tried up. Tried to, yeah. Tried to, and then later in the movie, she's running down the stairs in Penn Station and. <laughs> guy this extra just aims for her and like takes her out and i'm thinking do you because you mentioned it in your you know research at the beginning how she was constantly late do you think the director or somebody was just so upset they were like like the game was to try to like take her out okay. i know that that's not a good do, game do you want to know what i actually think happened what happened i my my guess is that they were that maybe it was like you know, third or fourth take or whatever. And the extra, you're probably told as an extra, you need to be in her way because she, she's struggling because she's, she's trying to catch the train. So you need to be objects in her way. I think the guy fucked up and threw the elbow out there to be like, to like try to slow. I was like, Oh shit, I didn't get in her way. So he throws the elbow out to slow her down. I think he was like, Oh fuck it. You could see him like after cut going off, like fuck, I fucked that up. God, they're going to fucking fire me for this. I really think that's what happened. Oh, because it was so obvious. It's so, God, I hope I, mean, I want to be able few, to. F- you could tell that they were over budget because there were a few parts where the actors, Sharon, one of them, <laughs> fucking Sharon. Fucking Sharon. She was saying a line, and, you know, this wasn't the line, but it's something like, um, you know, oh, God, I don't even know what the line is. <laughs> She's like, you know, okay, it's not the stupid bitch line, but I'll use this line. <laughs> she would be like, you stupid cow, bitch, is like what she was saying. Remember, oh, there were a few spots oh where God. like yeah. she was starting to say something else. And but then that she- wasn't Sharon. That was um, that was like the doctor's assistant. Fuck it. I'm going to blame Sharon. <laughs> Fucking Sharon. <laughs> Fucking stupid Sharon. Bitch. Stupid bitch. I mean, to be honest, we, we hit a lot of the stuff. I mean, I... I don't have I much. I wanted to talk about. If um, not anything else to say I, about We did, jo- at one point, jokingly said, I think that the doctor was trying to bone the father. Really oh, I like, said it first yeah, as a joke. And then really... right after I said it, there were multiple. And yeah. then at the end, yes, I think, you know. Oh, well, I guess we didn't, we didn't talk about uh, Richard Burton strangling one Linda Blair while like sexy Linda Blair was being like, yes, do it, kill her. Like that was a that was a weird moment. Oh, that like, was, what was really going weird. on. And I did not like like Richard Burton, who at that point is probably in his late fifties, like cupping, kissing, cupping her boob, yeah, kissing it, her neck. It was just awkward. That was, Little. yeah. I think I think for everybody involved, that was a not, a, not a Blair, great moment. That was her time to shine, just because she was like she was on. Oh well, sure. She didn't, or she's just a really great actress. Is what who I knows? Say. She might have been just stoned too i mean apparently I'm, i do not make, mean to make fun of her no but, yes. but just given her history it could have that could have been the case um so uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap up a bit a bit early because i want to do something at the end here so um i think we know the answer to this but um melissa is this a would you call this a good bad movie or a bad bad movie this is a 
bad, bad movie that I need exorcist. Exercised. Exercised. Yeah. That, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so, so I, we can admit that this, this other thing too. So, so we watched the exorcist. Uh, I had I had hopes of being able to watch um, the third Exorcist uh, again, which we've seen, mm-hmm. and I actually I really liked the third Exorcist. Um, it feels almost more investigative, mm-hmm. um, but still has a lot of great jump scares, and I actually think some of the performances are really good too. Um, I think Brad Dorif, who plays like the demon guy, who you'll recognize the voice of, he's the voice of Chucky. You see the demon a lot, like like show up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, a friend of mine, Ian who does my other podcast with me said that that William Peter Blatty, who wrote the book considers uh, the first exorcist, a movie called the ninth configuration. And then the Legion cut of the exorcist three to be uh, the, his, his trilogy. The ninth configuration is a, is a bad movie. Oh my God. I was so pissed you gave up. Ian. You gave up. I fell um, asleep, which is fine. Um, it's bad. And this is also, this is also bad. Yes. Um, this what do is not you think a good is movie. worse? I think, well, who's thing? I think this is worse because no, like it's all misfires the ninth conf- the ninth configuration as bad as it is has a lot like w- the guy who actually played uh the other father in the first exorcist movie all his stuff with the shakespeare and the dogs okay. is fucking hysterical you're right i, I was awake for that one that and was that was really funny phenomenal. um so so okay, i yeah, I, the, so I, I kind of better, like i go into I the know. absurdity of it yeah. this is just not good not good in any okay. way okay so we don't recommend. No, not at all. Not at all. But so this is our 25th episode, um, you know, quarter of a hundred. So what I, we're just really quickly, I'm going to run through the episodes, the movies that we've talked about. And um, Melissa and I are going to give you like the two, like the two that you have to see. Like if you're going to, if you're going to watch two of the movies that we've talked about, watch these two. And then we're also going to give you like, here's the two that you really should never just don't watch. Okay. okay. So here we go. A recap of the movies that we've talked about. The Happening. Antitrust. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mr. Woodcock. The Fanatic. The Perfect Man. Swordfish. Private Resort. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. Movie 43. Cool World. Rage. Class of Newcomb High. Elizabethtown, The Tuxedo, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, Showtime, Swept Away, Hollow Man, Transcendence, The Boondock Saints, The Nun, Best Men, Head Over Heels, The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Wow. I, here's the thing. Most of these, I think, are movies for one reason or another you should watch because they're just kind of bananas. Um, one, I will say straight off the bat, because I think we really agreed on this, is is Best Men. Oh, yes. Best Men is 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 fun in a fun way. I don't think it's bad. I actually think everybody, everybody in it is actually trying their damnedest. Yeah. And I just think it's a fun movie. Oh, that movie was a lot of fun. So definitely that. There is a, another one high up that... I would say yes to as well. And that is? Mr. Woodcock. Yeah, that was that was a funny movie. That was funny. Um and see that's what I mean. Like like my there, but then I have more, like League, one of my favorites. I know, yeah, I can't. None, 
I thought that was scary. Eh, yeah, um, so I got to go with swordfish. Well, sword. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, speaking of swordfish. Oh my god! How have we not talked about this? Yes. So, my husband and I. That's me. <laughs> just went out to a restaurant for the first time since February. Yes. And we didn't have kids, so it was no. really exciting. Yes. And I had, which I've never had before, but I had swordfish and pumpkin ravioli. Yes. That was your And it was phenomenal. And I ate the swordfish and (laughs) (laughs) I said, I finally found it. I made some stupid joke. Adam ignored me and took another sip out of his drink. (laughs) Yes. I had a couple of Moscow mules. They were very good. Um, so I the one movie I know for sure you shouldn't watch. This one. Well, I was going to say Swept Away. What was that one about? That was Madonna on the island oh. with the guy that she didn't See, like. See, I don't even remember. And like he treated her like, like when crap. they got there. Yeah. Poo poo. Um, I, I just, I think it's not funny when, where it should be. It's, and it's very, it's that degrading to one. everybody. I did forget that one. In it. For a good reason. Um. This is up there too, and I'm not just saying that. No, no, it, because it, we just watched it and it's fresh in my brain. No, no, but like, because I'm looking at the ones that, I, that would be like in consideration, like the private like the, resort, the Crouching Tiger movie. We the, actually those two. So I would say Crouching Tiger is very boring. It's not nearly as cool as the first one. But then again, it's like, oh, you can at least appreciate the, like the mechanics of right. what they actually did. Private Resort, again, it's like it's it's an eighty, it's a bad eighties comedy. But like, again, there were probably moments that I I laughed where. It was okay. okay well, I'm still getting some kind of enjoyment from it. This is down there. This yeah. this really is down there. Um, and while there are a bunch of these that I don't think I would ever want to watch again, this is not a good movie at all. But I would say like this swept away and maybe rage because I, I I don't think I'll ever watch that one again. <laughs> I was like, there's better bad Nick Cage movies. Yeah. So. Showtime. Showtime. I just like saying it. That, that would was, be up there for a movie fun. That to was fun. That was a good one too. Um, so cool. So there you go. Um, so we don't think that this is good, a good, good, bad movie. But you know, if you if you want to kind of watch The Exorcist and see just how off the rails it goes, you should you should give it a watch. Um, so so please uh, let us know what you think of the movie of the episode. Um, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find us on Anchor and Spotify and Google and you know all the places where you can find them. Like, subscribe, comment, all that good shit. Um, please let us know. Uh, give us some recommendations. But I will say we've got some some other horror films uh, on deck for the month of October. Then oh, after yeah. that, who knows? Some Christmas movies. Maybe we'll be getting there. Yeah. Some bad, maybe, maybe, are there bad Thanksgiving? Oh my God, we could do Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. That'd be fun. Oh, I bet that's high up there though. It might be, we'll see. Um, but anyways, so that was our episode on The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Um, uh, but until next time, my name is Adam. I'm Melissa. And thanks for tuning in.